0: of Panama. The Buccaneers of America by A. O. X. Herman Translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Varon Mill. Chapter 11. Captain Morgan resolving to attack and penal the city of Puerto Bello, equips a fleet, and with little expense, and small forces takes it some may think that the french having deserted captain morgan the english alone could not have sufficient courage to attempt such great actions as before but captain morgan who always communicated vigour with his words infused such spirit into his men as put them instantly upon new designs they being all persuaded that the sole execution of his orders would be a certain means of obtaining great riches which so influenced their minds that with inimitable courage they all resolved to follow him, as did also a certain pirate of Compeche, who on this occasion joined with Captain Morgan to seek new fortunes under his conduct. Thus Captain Morgan in a few days gathered a fleet of nine sail, either ships or great boats, wherein he had four hundred and sixty military men. All things being ready, they put forth to sea, Captain Morgan parting his design to nobody at present. He only told them on several occasions that he doubted not to make a good fortune by that voyage. If strange occurrences happened not, they steered toward the continent, where they arrived in a few days near Costa Rica, all their fleet safe. No sooner had they discovered land but Captain Morgan declared his intentions to captains, and presently, after, to the company. He told them he intended to plunder Puerto Bello by night, being resolved to put the whole city to the sack and to encourage them he added his enterprise could not fail seeing he had kept it secret without revealing it to anybody whereby they could not have notice of his coming to this proposition Tom answered there had not a sufficient number of men to assault so strong and great as a city but captain morgan replied if our number is small our hearts are great and the fewer persons we are the more union and better shares we shall have in the spoil hereupon Being stimulated with the hope of those vast riches they promised themselves from their success, they unanimously agreed to that design. Now that my reader may better comprehend the boldness of this exploit, it may be necessary to say something beforehand of the city of Puerto This city is in the province of Costa Rica, ten degrees north latitude, fourteen leagues from the Gulf of Darien, and eight westwards from port called Nombre de Dios. It is such the strongest place that the king of Spain possesses in all the West Indies, except Havana and Carthagena. Here are two castles, almost impregnable, that defend the city, situate the entry of the port, so that no ship or boat can pass without permission. The garrison consists of 300 soldiers, and the town is inhabited by about 400 families. The merchants dwell not there, but only reside a while, well, when the galleons come from or go for spain by reason of the unhealthiness of the air occasioned by vapours from mountains so that though their chief warehouses are at puerto Bello, their habitations are at panama whence they bring their plate upon moles, when the fair begins and when the ships belonging to a company of negroes arrive to sell slaves captain morgan who knew very well all the avenues of the city and the neighbouring coasts arrived in the dusk of the evening at puerto de Nales, ten leagues the west of puerto bello being come hither they sailed up the river to the harbour called puerto pontin where they anchored here they put themselves into boats and canoes leaving the ships only a few men to bring them the next day to the port about midnight they came to a place called a Lemos, where they all went on the shore and marched by land to a first post of the city that in their company an englishman me a prisoner in these parts We now served them for a guide to him and three or four more they gave commission to take the sentinel if possible to kill him on the place but they seized him so cunningly as he had no time to give warning with his musket or make any noise and brought him with his hands bound to captain morgan who asked him how things went in the city and what forces they had with other circumstances he desired to know after every question they made him, a thousand messages to kill him, even declared not the truth. Then they advanced to the city, carrying the said sentinel bound before them. Having marched about a quarter of a league. they came to a castle near the city, which presently they closely surrounded, so that no person could get either in or out. Being posted on the walls of the castle, Captain Morgan commanded Sentinel, whom they had taken prisoner, to speak to those within charging them to surrender to his discretion otherwise they should all be cut in pieces without quarter but they regarding none of these threats began instantly need to fire which alarmed the city yet notwithstanding though the governor and soldiers of the said castle made as great resistance as could be they were forced to surrender having taken the castle they resolved to be as good as their words putting the spaniards to the sword thereby to strike a terror into the rest of the city whereupon having shut up all the soldiers and officers as prisoners into one room they set fire to a powder whereof they found great quantity and blew up the castle into the air with all the spaniards that were within this done they pursued the course of the victory flying upon the city which as yet was not ready to receive them many of the inhabitants cast their precious jewels and money into wells and cisterns, or hid them in places ground to avoid as much as possible being totally robbed one of the party of pirates assigned to this purpose, ran immediately to cloisters, and to as many religious men and women as they could find. The governor of the city, not being able to rally the citizens, through their great confusion, retired to one of the castles remaining, and thence fired incessantly at the pirates. But these were not in the least negligent either to assault him or defend themselves, for amidst the horror of the assault, they made very few shots in vain. For aiming with great dexterity at the mouths of the guns, the Spaniards were certain to lose one or two men every time they charged each gun a new. This continued very furious from break of day till noon, yet about this time of the day the case was very dubious which party should conquer or be conquered. At last the pirates receiving their had lost many men, and yet advanced but little towards gaining either this or the other castles, made use of fireballs which they threw with their hands designing to burn the doors of the castles but the spaniards from the walls let fall great quantities of stones and other pots full of powder and other combustible matter which forced them to desist captain morgan seeing this generous defence made by the spaniards began to despair of success hereupon many faint and calm meditations came into his mind neither could he determine which way to turn himself in that strait. being thus puzzled he was suddenly animated to continue the assault By seeing English colours put forth at one of the lesser castles, then entered by his men, of whom he presently after spied a troop coming to meet him, proclaiming victory with loud shouts of joy. This instantly put him on the resolutions of taking the rest of the castles, especially seeing the chiefest citizens were fled to them, and had conveyed thither great part of their riches, with all the plate belonging to churches and divine service. To this effect, he ordered ten or twelve letters to be made in all haste, so that three or four men at once might attend them. These being finished, he commanded all the religious men and women whom he had taken prisoners to fix them against the walls of castle. This he had before threatened governor to do if he delivered not the castle. But his answer was, he would never surrender himself alive. Captain Morgan was persuaded the governor would not employ his utmost force seeing the religious women and the ecclesiastical persons exposed in front of the soldiers to the greatest danger. Thus the letters, as I have said, were put into the hands of religious persons of both sexes, and these were forced, at the head of the companies, to raise and ply them to walls. But Captain Morgan was fully deceived in his judgment of his design. For the governor, who acted like a brave soldier in performance of his duty, used his utmost endeavour to destroy wh- whosoever came near the walls the religious men and women ceased not to cry to him and beg of him by all the saints of heaven to burn the castle and swear both his and their own lives but nothing could prevail with his obstinacy and fierceness thus many of the religious men and nuns were killed before they could fix ladders which at last being done though with great loss of the said religious people the pirates mounted them in great numbers and with not less valor having fireballs in their hands and other pots full of powder all which things being now at the top of the walls they can and cast in among the spaniards this effort of the pirates was very great insomuch that the spaniards could no longer resist nor defend the castle which was now entered hereupon they all threw down their arms and craved quarter for their lives only the governor of the city would crave no mercy but killed many of the pirates with his own hands and not a few of his own soldiers because they did not stand to their arms and though the pirates asked him if he would have quarter yet he constantly answered by no means i had rather die as a valiant soldier than be hanged as a coward they endeavoured as much as they could to take him prisoner but he defended himself so obstinately that they were forced to kill him notwithstanding all the cries and tears of his own wife and daughter who begged him on their knees to demand quarter and save his life when the pirates had possessed themselves of the castle which was about night they enclosed therein all their prisoners placing the women and men by themselves with some guards the wounded were put in an apartment by itself that their nope. own complaints might be the cure of their diseases for no other was afforded them this done they fell to eating and drinking as usual that is committing in both all manner of debauchery and excess so that fifty courageous men might easily have retaken the city and kill all the pirates next day having planted all they could find they examined some of the prisoners who had been persuaded by their companions to say that they were the richest of the town charging them severely to discover where they had hid the riches and goods. not being able to extort anything from them they not being the right persons it was resolved to torture them this they did so cruelly that many of them died on the wreck or present tea after now the president of panama being advertised of the pillage and ruin of Puerto Bello, he employed all his can and to raise forces to pursue and cast out a pirate's tents. But these cared little for his preparations, having their ships at hand, and determining to fire a city and retreat. They had now been at Puerto Bello fifteen days, in which time they had lost many of their men, both by the unhealthiness of the country and by extravagant debaucheries. Hereupon they prepared to depart. Carrying on board all the pillage they had got, having first provided the fleet with sufficient victuals for the voyage. While these things were doing, Captain Morgan demanded of the prisoners a ransom for the city, or else he would burn it down and blow up all the castles withal. He commanded them to send speedily two persons to procure the sum, which was one hundred thousand pieces of eight. To this effect, two men were sent to the president of Panama, who gave him an account of all. The president, having now a body of men ready, set forth towards Puerto Bello to encounter the pirates before their retreat. But they, hearing of his coming, instead of flying away, went out to meet him at a narrow passage, which he must pass. Here they placed a hundred men, very well armed, which at the first encounter put to flight a good party of those of Panama. This obliged the president to retire for that time, not being yet in posture of strength to proceed farther. Presently after, he sent a message to Captain Morgan. To tell him that if he departed not suddenly with all his forces from pretzelbello he ought to expect no quarter of himself nor his companions when he should take them as he hoped soon to do captain morgan who feared not his threat, knowing he had a secure retreat in his ships which were at hand answered he would not deliver the castles before he had received the contribution money he had demanded if it were not paid down he would certainly burn the whole city and leave it demanding beforehand the castles and killing the prisoners the governor of panama perceived by this answer that no means would serve to modify the hearts of pirates nor reduce them to reason hereupon he determined to leave them as also those of the city whom he came to relieve involved in the difficulties of making the best agreement they could thus in a few days more than miserable citizens gathered contributions required and bought one hundred thousand pieces of eight to pirates for a ransom of their cruel captivity but the president of panama was much amazed to consider that four hundred men could take such a great city with so many strong castles especially having no ordnance wherewith to raise batteries and what was more when the citizens of Bello had always great repute of being good soldiers themselves and who never wanted courage in their own defence this astonishment was so great as made him send for Captain Morgan, desiring some small pattern of those arms wherewith he had taken with much vigor so great a city. Captain Morgan received this messenger very kindly and with great civility, and gave him a pistol and a few small bullets to carry back to the president his master, telling him withal he desired him to accept that send the pattern of the arms wherewith he had taken Puerto and keep them for a twelvemonth after which time he promised to come to panama and fetch them away the governor returned the present very soon to captain morgan giving him thanks for the favour of lending him such weapons as he needed not and withal sent him a ring of gold with this message that he desired him not to give himself the labour of coming to panama as he had done to puerto bello for he did assure him he should not speed so well here as he had done there after this captain morgan having provided his fleet with all necessaries and taken with him the best guns of the castles laying up the rest set sail from Puerto Bello with all his ships and arriving a few days at cuba he sought out a place wherein he might quickly make the dividends of their spoil. they found in ready money two hundred and fifty thousand pieces of eight besides other merchandises as cloth linen silks etc with this rich purchase they sailed thence to a common place of rendezvous jamaica being arrived, they passed here some time in all sorts of vices and debaucheries according to their custom, spending very practically whatever they gain with no small labour on top. End of chapter eleven